Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. A long time ago, I was living in a place called Los Angeles, California. Maybe some of you have heard of it. I went to this bar in Hollywood. There's a bar called Saddle Ranch, which maybe you've heard of. It was in the game, and that was kind of when I first discovered pickup, literally pickup, and all these guys, mystery and style, all these guys were going to the Saddle Ranch, so naturally we went to the Saddle Ranch, and we'd practice, and we'd talk to girls, and we'd grind it out, and when my friends would come in from out of town, I'm from Boston originally, when my friends would come in from out of town, I'd kind of take them there, because it was a neat, fun, sort of Hollywood experience. It was sort of fake. And a lot of bachelorette parties and a lot of pickup artists running around. And this, you have to remember, this was at a time where people were wearing like belts that had LCD screens that would flash their names across. And girls would go, what's that? And they'd go, oh my god, and spin them around and give them high fives. So it was kind of a bit of a show. <laughs> and at this particular period of time, with my friends that had come in from college, we were sitting down in a corner inside the bar, but on the side, you know, sort of away on the side, and watching the crowd and talking, and we were probably there for maybe two or maybe an hour or two, when I looked up and I saw a very, very, very pretty girl staring at me. And she was giving me that look. Now, if you guys have ever had a situation in your life where you've said, is that girl looking at me? She's been looking at you for 10 minutes. You just didn't notice it. And at this point in time, I knew that, and I, known she was, I knew she was staring at me like fully, so I had to do something, so I waved. And she had a big smile on her face, and she waved back. And this is across the bar, so from here to the back of the room. She waved back. My friends are still talking, kind of wondering what I'm doing. And I went, come over here. And she went. <laughs> and I went. <laughs> and she went. So I went. I went back to my friends. Now my friends didn't really know I had made this transition from kind of awkward, sort of lonely, romance, nice guy situation into, yeah, I'm gonna fuck that girl. So they had kind of turned to me and said like, wait, what? Dude, go over, there's a girl, she's looking at you, she wants you to come over and talk to her, go and talk to her. And I was like, no, first of all, you don't understand, I'm here with you guys tonight, that's why I'm here. I wanna hang out and talk to you. And second of all, she's gonna come over here. And they were like, what do you mean? Why would she come over here? She specifically said she wasn't gonna come, she gave her, and then she pops up between two of my friends and goes, hi. And I was like, oh, hello. I introduced myself, I introduced my friends. We start talking, have a nice little conversation, quick conversation, I get her number. She goes back to whatever it was that she was doing. I don't remember. I go back to my conversation with my friends. We hit a couple bars on the Sunset Strip. Maybe we go over to the Standard Hotel. That night at about 1 a.m., I'm laying in bed. Or I should say that morning. Laying in bed, and I went, oh, geez, I got a girl's number tonight. I didn't even think about that. So I texted her. I sent her a message. Like I said, it was probably about 1 in the morning. And she responded immediately while I was laying in bed. So I started texting her. We'd be texting for a while. Conversation got a little intimate, as it is wont to do. Started talking about some sexy things. Started having a little bit of a sexy communication. And then maybe an hour or so past that, I'm on the phone with her. I'm talking to her. And of course, we're continuing to talk about sexy things, some sexual stuff, how nice it would be if she was there. I start talking dirty to her. She starts touching herself, as one is wont to do. 
And pretty soon, she's getting super aroused. She's touching herself, she's moaning for me, and I'm talking to her. I'm telling her all the things I want to do. I'm making her imagine all these scenarios, and she's going crazy. She says, tell me what you want to do to me, and I tell her all the things I want to do to her and all the things I'm thinking about us doing, and she says, tell me what you want me to do. And I said, I want you to come over right now. And she said, what? I said, yeah, come over right now. And she said, oh, uh, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't. And I was like, what do you mean you can't come over right now? And she said, well, I mean, it's, it's like 3.30 in the morning. I was like, yeah, don't worry about that. She said, okay, well, the reason I can't come over is because I, I live in Ventura. For those of you that know the geography of Los Angeles, you'll know that Ventura is about an hour and 15 minutes away. Not great. No problem. Cool. Well, get in the car now, and I'll stay on the phone with you if you know what that means, which of course it means I'm gonna talk to you, you're gonna be rude to yourself while we're driving. It's gonna be a big adventure. She was like, well, there's actually a real problem. I was like, what's the real problem? She goes, I don't drive. So I was like, oh, well, take a cab then. That was sort of a joke. But I go back to talking dirty to her. I get back into that mood. I'm like, yo, if, it, if I can't get this girl over, at least I can give her an orgasm and that'll make a pretty good first impression, I think. So she's back into it. She's really enjoying herself. She's moaning, she's whimpering. Things are getting really sexy. And then she goes, send me your address. And I said, what? And she said, send me your address. And she hangs up on me. She calls me back in 10 minutes, I think. I remember, my memory was that it was like an hour, but that's because I was probably staring at my phone going, uh, uh, uh. She calls me back in 10 minutes from the cab. So for an hour and 15 minutes, I talked dirty to this, in the, this girl in the cab while she's sitting behind the driver touching herself, like sneakily, quietly. She shows up at my place about five in the morning. We have a little bit of an interaction. Goes for a couple hours. We have a lovely time, as you'd expect. And then she gets in another cab and goes home. Now, the part of the story that I left out that's impressive to some is that she is an adult film star. And the reason why I leave it out, because it doesn't really matter, it doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but I was telling my friend John this story, like two or three days after it happened, and I made a point to mention that she was an adult film star because that was like his thing. He thought that was really great, you know? He thought that was really sexy, so I was kind of hamming it up to let him know that's what I had done. And at the end of the story, at the end of this kind of lengthy and much more lurid and detailed story that I had told him, he kind of sat back in his chair. We were at lunch, and he sat back in his chair and he was like, Phew. So can you teach me what it is that you said to a porn star to get her to pay to come and fuck you? <laughs> and that was when I realized a certain element of that story hadn't clicked in my mind that that woman had paid to come and have sex with me because I had turned her on so much. So I spent about 10 years backwards analyzing everything that was going on and decided that I would teach this and figure out all of these elements in ways that I could give them to you. And I have in some degrees, but what I want to do for you now is boil them down into some very simple concepts. Some very simple things that you can go ahead and, and use immediately. Now, I love this room, this is great. And I love that there are so many of you here, but can, like, what would it be like if we were doing this in a football stadium? What would it be like if there was 50,000 of you? How loud would that be? How, how deafening would the applause be if we were all in that football stadium? The reason I ask you these questions is not because I want to get your answer or because I don't know or because I want to know what it would sound like, but because that's one of the quickest and easiest ways to get that thought 
into your brain. When I asked you what it would sound like or what would it look like, most of you pictured that or heard those sounds. And that brings us to two pretty important principles that I want to discuss most of today. The first is that in order to understand a question, your brain has to answer it to the best of its abilities. For instance, if I talk about having a lemon in my hand, like a fresh, big, plump, bright lemon, what would it taste like to just bite into that lemon? Now, even with the lights on, I can see a few of you cringe and pucker your lips. The reason why is because your brain has to do the work to answer that question to the best of its abilities, and it puts you through the paces. It gives you a portion of that experience. It's the same thing as if I say don't. For instance, don't, under any circumstances, think about me naked in the shower. Don't do it. <laughs> you fucking perverts. Seriously. Come on, that's disgusting. So the idea is that there are two basic principles. The first is that question, that your brain has to answer the question. And the second principle is based on the concept of lack of referential index, meaning that if I give you a scenario, your brain has to fill in missing details. So if I say, picture me on the beach in a hammock, your brain fills in details. Maybe you thought about me in a bathing suit. Maybe you thought about me in a, in a pair of shorts. How many people here pictured me in like a Panama hat with like a white linen shirt sort of situation? Yeah, that we got, anybody have a cigar in it with a drink? Yeah, this one guy, same thing. That's called branding. Um, it's exactly what our brains did when I suggested the football stadium. You pictured that in some way. I didn't give you any information. I didn't give you very much information at all when I was talking about that. Were we down on the grass? Was there a floor? Were you up in the stands? Who was on stage? Were you far away? Was it loud? Was James on stage? Was I on stage? Were you standing? Were you sitting? Were you standing next to the people that you're sitting next to now? Or were they completely different? Maybe some of you pictured the people that were standing or sitting next to you the last time you were at a football stadium. Basically, your brain fills in this information very quickly and without virtually any conscious effort on your part at all, which is so important. And the reason why I bring this up is because this is such a powerful skill that is so often overlooked in your interactions with women. So how can we use these skills? We use these skills to build fantasies. What are fantasies? Fantasies basically are the endless collection of experiences that we can present. Why would we do this? To create an endless collection of experiences in a very, very, very short time. They can be varying, they can be very, very different as well. For those of you that know about old school pickup, kind of, I always use the style, uh, the term Western pickup, Western seduction, meaning like from LA, Saddle Ranch, mystery, that kind of stuff. You'll know about the concept of time bridging. Time bridging is uh, when you're on a date, you take a woman to many different places in order to make her feel like you've had more experiences together and therefore, like you maybe know each other a little bit better. Now, we can do this without going anywhere at all. We can do this from across the table. Now, it's not ideal, but it's very, very, very easy to do. Your date, if you're sitting across the table from somebody, your date is boring. The reason why it's boring is because no woman's idea of the perfect first date or the perfect seduction is sitting across a table answering questions like, so how was your day, right? How was your day at work? So what do you do at work? 
Oh, that sounds cool. I did this the other day. I was like, you asshole. But the second you take it from, hey, how was your day, to, you know what? What if we just jumped on the back of my motorbike and just rode around the city? We just did that until dawn. Or, you know what? What if we just skip out on the bill and we go to the airport and we catch the next flight to the south of France and we spend the weekend maybe in Monaco, watch the Grand Prix on Sunday, we'll lay out on the yachts, we'll drink champagne, we'll make love, we'll enjoy life the way we want to, we'll live our lives to the fullest. What if we went and did that? You create these different experiences, these different fantasies that you are living together over a table. This is exactly the same principle as if I ask you what it would feel like to bite into a lemon. Because in order to create these fantasies or understand these fantasies for her, she's got to live a portion of it. So not only are you showing her that you have the capacity to think up these adventures, whether they be romantic or sexual, but you're also giving her a little taste of them. Suggestibility is the concept that you'll hear a lot in hypnosis. Uh, it essentially means it's the quality of being inclined to accept and act on the suggestions of other people. And we don't know a lot about suggestibility, but one of the things that we certainly do know is that people experiencing intense emotions are way more suggestible than people that aren't. This is directly related to a woman being turned on at a very, very intense emotional experience. This is the same thing as leading a girl in a club or a bar when there's lots of alcohol involved, she's drunk, there's lots of music, there's, there's lights, she's really excited to be out, she got all dressed up. Her emotional level is high, her emotional experience is way up there, so she's very, very willing to follow your lead. This is why a lot of men think they need to get women drunk, because it allows them to raise their emotional level and to get rid of their inhibitions and follow your lead. This is why all of us here on the stage, and many of you, know that that's actually more of a hindrance than a help, right? There are, there are way better ways, and way healthier ways, and way safer ways to increase her emotional level, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.